Welcome to the uh, MSCP podcast. My name is Jared Green. I'm a, a physiotherapist in Birmingham in the UK, and it gives me huge pleasure to introduce you to the current WCPT president, Dr. Emma Stokes. And Emma, thank you for giving up some of your time this morning to meet up in Dublin to do the MSCP podcast. And just to introduce Emma, Emma is the uh, current president of WCPT. She's an associate professor of physiotherapy in Trinity College, Dublin. Um, she has a PhD in physiotherapy. She also has a master's in business administration. I think, Emma, from looking at your biography over the last couple of weeks, uh, what really, what I was quite staggered by really was what you've achieved in the last years and the number of projects you were involved with in addition to your work in WCPT and Trinity. And I think my first question is really, you know, what drives you and what keeps you motivated to keep moving forwards? Good morning, Jared, and thanks so much for the opportunity to do this podcast. I'm really, really uh, thrilled to be able to, to chat with you and for this to go out to a wider physiotherapy audience. What drives me? Well, one of the things that I that I one of the themes that I bring up in a lot of the talks that I give and one just this week with them, the students in Trinity was the importance of finding something to do, finding something that you love to do. And I love what I do. And I think if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like a chore, it doesn't feel, you know, that you have to sort of constantly draw from deep reserves of energy to do it. So for me, <clears throat> all of the things that you've described, everything that I do uh, as a physiotherapist, um, just comes from a love of doing what I do. So I love interacting with other people. I love being able to um, take any opportunity that I can to promote the profession of physiotherapy because, you know, having worked as a clinical physiotherapist and now working with students, I'm absolutely convinced of the huge difference that physiotherapists can make in the lives of their patients and their clients. And to me, the more that we can tell that story, the more that we can highlight the positive role that we have, the better off our patients will be and the better off the communities that we serve will be. So for me, this is just, it's just something that I love doing. There's no great hardship in doing it. And I think that passion really comes, comes true in the work that you do. Uh, I think WCPT has worked really hard uh, to really to reach out to individual physios, uh, kind of worldwide, and they've they've done that through um, you know through the, the website, through their Facebook group, through their kind of social media feeds, and like why do you feel it's important for an organisation like WCPT to really reach out to what I would say are kind of frontline physiotherapy clinicians? Well. WCPT has been around since 1951, and it's an absolutely fantastic organization. But it is a great question, because for a lot of people, WCPT is a very distant global organization, and it has nothing to do with me, would be the sort of perception that people would have. WCPT is made up of member organizations. So those are professional organizations in countries around the world. And we have, you know, we made a strategic decision um, a number of years ago as an organization that our Big focus would be the website, our social media presence as a means of communication. So we're constantly trying to strive to improve that. So why is WCPT important for individual physiotherapists? Well, first of all, being a member of your professional organization is important for every physiotherapist. So again, one of my constant messages is, if you're listening to this and you're not a member of the professional organization in your country, please do take the time to join. If you are a member, really, really do think about volunteering in some part of your professional organization that is of interest to you. Because professional organizations are stronger if they represent the vast majority of physiotherapists in their country. 
and WCPT is stronger if professional organisations are stronger. So why is WCPT important for individual physiotherapists? Well, in some countries, WCPT is hugely influential in helping the organisation develop its capacity. So, you know, you and I are from, you know, we're both from Ireland. You work in, in the UK. I, I work in Ireland. We are, we have the privilege and the look of having two enormously um, committed and very well-developed professional organisations, albeit that their, their size is different. So the Irish Society of Chartered Physiotherapists and the Chartered Society of Physiotherapy in, in the UK. In some countries, you might have 13 physiotherapists. In Malawi, true, true. In Malawi you have one physiotherapist per million of the population. In Ukraine, the professional organisation that I've done some work with is, you know, developing their, we're writing a grant at the moment, seeking funding from US aid to support the development of professional organisations in Mali, Niger and Senegal. So on the ground, WCPT uh, teams go in and work with individual physiotherapists. Now, what does it mean for organisations, say, for instance, the Irish Society? Why is it WCPT important for the Irish Society? Well, WCPT has been involved in helping the Irish Society in their advocacy campaign to protect both titles of physiotherapy and physical therapy. So the power of having an international statement agreed by physiotherapy organisations around the world on particular issues, in this case on the protection of title, is very influential when you're trying to influence perhaps national policy around a particular topic. So that's probably a little bit distant and yet at the same time it impacts every day on the lives of physiotherapists. Right, so kind of locally. Absolutely. And that leads really nicely into the, the really big scoping exercise that WCPT is currently doing. So that's WCPT Look Forward Together. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is a really, really different way of developing the strategic plan for WCPT. So, this, so WCPT has always had a strategic plan. But like many, many organisations around the world, and, and this won't come to, to a surprise um, you know, for people listening to this, is that a lot of people didn't know what the WCPT strategic plan was. And, you know, that's not a criticism, it's just that we didn't necessarily highlight it enough. So what we've done this time is we've said, we are reaching out because we want individual physiotherapists and our member organisations who are key, key contributors to WCPT participating in the strategic planning development cycle, telling us what they think WCPT should be doing and trying to answer some of the key themes. So we've gone for a major outreach and um, stakeholder engagement and um, individual physiotherapists engagement and obviously then other key parts to the strategic planning cycle involving key interviews with member organizations and another big survey for them to come down the track. And one of the questions that we that we the MACP took from Twitter and Facebook, uh, one of the questions from was from Odette Barry, who's the communications lead for the Australian Physiotherapy Association. And Odette's question really was you know do you have any preliminary data uh, from that those polling those polls great question Odette and thanks for that and um, so we do so we have we have had two polls there the first poll one and poll two are closed poll three will be coming down the track fairly shortly so interestingly this is preliminary information but the top five uh, opportunities that were reported by physiotherapists across the world are, um, and, and interestingly, I want to flag this up because I did a little analysis between regional differences. And even though they might sort of be in a slightly different order, the five themes are common across all the regions. So that's really interesting. So the first one is the opportunity for this widespread availability and use of personal technologies. The second one is 
interestingly, an a challenge flipped on its head as an opportunity. So economic challenges that allow physiotherapists and physiotherapy services to respond by offering um, different ways of doing things, being the solution to economic challenges. Um, advances in the scope of practice. The role, the key role that physiotherapists have or physical therapists have in non-communicable diseases. And the third one in, then is the expanding role of physiotherapists. And this focused on different environments that physiotherapists could work in, for example, in industry and in schools. So those are the five key opportunities that were reported globally um, and very similarly across all of the five regions. And what's the next? I know those polls are still open. And that's well, still that, poll is closed. that poll is closed. And okay. Poll two is closed. And poll three will be coming up um, in the next, <clears throat> actually in the next uh, week. And Jared, really interestingly, we, the, the feedback after the first poll was we would get more physiotherapists responding to this if our poll was in other languages. So we responded immediately. Right, and I've seen it's now in yeah, Spanish. It's in Spanish and French. So right. all two had gone out in English. And thanks to two uh, great supporters of WCPT, one very young supporter who's still a student in, in university in the, in the UK, and um, David Gurria, who's the Secretary General of the um, European region, we had the second poll translated very quickly into Spanish and French. And in fact, at the, in advance of the third poll going out, we've, we just, we've just made those translations before we've actually launched the third And poll. is that the first time that WCPT is, has done something like that, where they've really reached out in, in different languages? Very much in terms of responding to, to the different... Uh, the recognition that we really do want to engage people. So even though the official language is English, we felt, you know, hang on a second, it's important that we get these answers. So what was really wonderful, I think, was to get um, uh, uh, an email back from um, one of the member organisations in uh, Francophone West Africa to say, thank you for taking the time to translate that into French. That's remarkable. Um, and that was just fabulous, because what that really felt was, you know, it's, it's all very well to say we want to hear what you have to say. But if you create language barriers, yeah, it's, then, it's much harder. Yeah, it's much, much harder. harder. So, so the second poll, the first and the second poll are closed, and the third poll will be going out very soon. And that's a really key poll, Jared. That's a really key poll because the first two polls were about what are the challenges, what are the opportunities. This poll is about what do you think WCPT should be working on between twenty sixteen and twenty twenty one. So now is the chance for the physiotherapy community globally to send a very strong message back about how WCPT's activities can be meaningful to individual physiotherapists as well as the member organisations. And it's the easiest place to find a link to that on the WCPT website. WCPT website, um, follow, you know, follow us on Twitter, follow us on, uh, you know, um, we have a Facebook page. And then, of course, we have a key group of great international supporters on social media, yourself being included, who will retweet the messaging. But okay. we want it to go far and wide, so we'll use every effort we can to get, get it, get it out there. Yeah. Uh, you talked about the ex ex expanding scope of practice, mm. and I think that leads into the WCPT subgroups, mm. of, of which IFOMT is one, mm -hmm. and, and obviously the MACP is a really big event coming up uh, next year in, in Glasgow where the MACP is hosting IFOMT 2016. So that, that'll be a great event in the UK. And I think I was guilty until recently, really, of, of not really knowing too much about the subgroups and networks. I'd heard of some of them, but I think I was like a lot of people maybe, and I thought, well, those subgroups are there, but what do they have to do with me? Uh, I think what's been very exciting recently is that there's been two new networks set up. 
the uh, HOPE network, which is the uh, for those involved in HIV, AIDS, oncology and palliative care, which Darren Brown from the UK has a lot of input into. And I think one that you've really driven forward, Emma, is the Futures Group for physiotherapy students and early career professionals. Um, and I think that but that's what the Futures Group has really brought a, a real surge of student interests and new grads into being involved with WCP, which, which is admirable. Uh, can you give us an example of something, of maybe some real project where a subgroup has had some real impact? Yeah, well, of course, IFONT is one of our key subgroups. Yeah. And we've got the IFOM conference coming up in, um, in July, uh, the 4th to the 8th of July in Glasgow. And I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, but we'll come back to that one. Um, so here's a great example. Um, one of the subgroups that uh, I know, it's, it's very dear to my heart because it was one of the, probably the first subgroups that I engaged with when it was founded in Yokohama in 1999, is IPTOP. And IPTOP is the subgroup that is made up of... Um, special or clinical interest groups uh, in member organisations working with older people. And quite recently, WCPT was, we believed that it was very important that WCPT would prepare an organisational response to the WHO consultation document on the uh, strategy for healthy ageing. And that was a document that was um, circulated, aligned to the um, WHO World Report on Healthy Ageing. And of course, where best to go to, but to the experts, the physical therapists and the physiotherapists internationally working with older people. So the, uh, I contacted um, the president of the group and Jennifer Bottomley, and I asked her if I found to be in a position to work with their member organisations and their associate members to prepare the response, to prepare the WCPT response. And they were absolutely fantastic. They rose to the challenge brilliantly. They engaged, they made sure that they engaged beyond just their, their membership of, of um, organizations. So the, the, the members of our own member organizations of IFONT, they reached out to their associate members from around the world, which meant that we got a perspective from uh, low, middle and high income countries in responding to, to the document. And they prepared the organisational response for WCPT to the WHO consultation document. Now, why is that important? Well, WHO sets the policy internationally for health and uh, various different aspects of health. And the member states, the countries that we live in, they adopt WHO policies. So therefore, in a way, what we had was individual physiotherapists who were part of the WCPT subgroup developing the response to submit that to WHO, which in turn will come back and potentially influence national policy in the country that we live in. So that's a really very, very hands-on example of how our subgroups okay. are so important. Um, I just know the paediatric subgroup has, you know, a, a closed Facebook group. And I, I'm not a paediatric physiotherapist, but they very kindly let me, um, you know, join that group. And, you know, again, for anyone working in paediatrics, it's a fabulous clinical resource. It's like many of the fantastic Facebook groups, you know, you're involved in one, the women's health one, the men's health one. Some of them are held and, and run by WCPT uh, subgroups and others are separate to that. It's a great way of supporting individual physiotherapists in their day-to-day -day work. And they're international. And they're international, so you're able to draw on this fantastic resource of international expertise. Brilliant. Uh, WCPT was in Singapore. Uh, I was... You know, very privileged to be there. Uh, I think personally, I felt it was a you know hugely 
positive event where you had the opportunity to meet some amazing people and people are very open and people share it very freely and I think the delegates really became part of, of the conference. Um, what do you feel were your highlights of WCPT and what really maybe you know looking forward to other conferences like, like IFOM um, next July you know what were some of the really great things that worked at WCPT that you could take forward to other events? I think one of the things that has changed significantly in my experience of Congresses, and in fact all of our experiences of Congress, is how social media is so present and so fantastic in terms of the way it amplifies the message of Congress. So Singapore uh, and the hashtag that we used for Singapore, which was hashtag WCPT2015, was trending on Twitter. We were only knocked off the trending list because of another key, very interesting piece of news that happened in the UK at the time. Um, but, you know, that was fantastic. So the highlight of WCPT in 2015, one of them was how engaged not just the people at Congress in Singapore were, but how the global community who didn't have the, who weren't fortunate enough or didn't have the time to get to Singapore were able to participate in the meeting. So I think that's going to go from strength to strength. We have to come up with really, really clever and innovative ways to be able to enable people who perhaps don't have the time or the finances and uh, to travel to the congresses to be able to engage and participate. So to me, that was a great highlight because it 2015 was just amazing in that regard in terms yeah. of the build up, the, the, the presence on social media when we were there, and also then even in the aftermath, those fabulous connections that were made and that are sustained through um, interactions on social media. Because I think from my perspective, um, Coventry University, where I also work, we had quite a big presence at, at Singapore. But our students who tweet heavily from Coventry University, CU Physio, uh, they were really heavily involved in the conference because they were tweeting about, you know, about kind of some of the different lectures or some of the, the, some of the sessions there. So it was good to really get them involved in the conference, even though they were all back in the UK. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the other highlight was that we had physiotherapists from 114 countries around the world. You know, to be at the opening ceremony and to be able to just look at that audience and to know that we had over three and a half thousand physiotherapists from around the world in Singapore talking physiotherapy was just fabulous. And the the opportunity to share and to 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 share experiences and to learn from one another is is just a unique opportunity at the WCPT congresses and you know as I said I've said this before and I you know I keep saying it which is that when I was at my very first one Irish physiotherapist said to me when you come to one of these you'll never miss another one and it's absolutely true I yeah. think they are absolutely transformative experiences for anyone who's been to one so I'm really looking forward to IFOMT. But I'm also really looking forward to our next big congress, which will be the WCPT Congress in Cape Town in 2017. I think what I thought really worked was the, the some of the work that me and Simon and their colleagues in WCPT did. So they invested a lot of time in the WCPT Facebook group so that people uh, maybe met there in advance of the conference. And then when they got to the conference, even people who maybe traveled on their own or traveled in a small group, they had kind of you know, colleagues and friends that they'd met online, but then when they when they kind of met up, they had some uh, uh, kind of common ground, really. And it was great to see that evolve. My name is Uzi Ahiyok, and I'm the Communications Officer for the MACP. This is a great opportunity to take a quick break and to tell you about the MACP and other continuing professional development activities which you can access. 
the MACP offers high-quality educational opportunities through a variety of formats, including short courses, lectures and online learning, including topics such as motivational interviewing, introduction to musculoskeletal radiology, manual therapy, spinal masqueraders, MSK updates and of course conferences. In 2016, the MACP will host the IFON Conference. The IFON Conference is a prestigious international conference held every four years to celebrate innovation and research within the neuromusculoskeletal physiotherapy field. In July 2016, we will host a conference in the UK in Glasgow and the theme for the conference will be Expanding Horizons. This conference will be of benefit to both clinicians and researchers alike and will bring together leaders and innovators in the clinical, academic and research fields. This conference will cover five strands which will include advanced assessment, practice and managing complex patients, integrating research into practice, health promotion and public health, changing roles and scope of practice, teaching, learning and professional development. To find out more, simply join our mailing list and receive all the latest news and information on iPhone 2016. This will include being the first to hear our keynote speaker podcasts as they are released. So to find out more and to register your interest, visit the iFont website at www.ifontconference.org and see you there in July 2016. Well, we're going to just take some questions from the, the, the wider audience, of which there's a big one on, on social media. Fantastic. Uh, and I think the first question is from our Coventry University physiotherapy students. And what they would like to know is what inspired you to become a physiotherapist? Gosh, that's a great question. I wanted to be a PE teacher. There is common ground there. Yeah, there is common ground there. I wanted to be a PE teacher. My father and my mother said to me, there's no jobs for, for teachers. I, I went to university back in the 1980s, in the mid-1980s, and they were right. There were no jobs for teachers. And then I investigated... Um, a job called a, a remedial gymnast in the UK. And then I discovered actually they didn't exist anymore or they were being phased out. And then I looked at physiotherapy. And, and partly the reason was I was really, really into sport. I was a runner. I played hockey. I went to a school where that was, you know, really important. And that's what brought me into physiotherapy. I guess like many, many students coming in, it's this idea that you're going to be a sports physiotherapist. It didn't actually work out that way for me in the end, but that was what got me in there. Um, and I was really lucky. I got a place in the university that I wanted to go to, which was Trinity College in Dublin. And, you know, here I am uh, 30 years later, uh, still working in Trinity and, you know, um, just still working in physiotherapy. And so, still as passionate as ever. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, mean, I think you find your place in physiotherapy. And I, I say this to the students because... You know, for four years as an undergraduate physiotherapist, I wasn't certain I wanted to be a physiotherapist. And when I speak with student groups, I often ask people, you know, is there anyone in the audience who's feeling like this wasn't the right career choice for them? And, and then I say to them, the beauty about physiotherapy is that you will always find a place in physiotherapy that is interesting and different. We have just so much scope yeah. to do things. I would, I would completely agree. You know, and I think when you go into physiotherapy, you probably have a slightly narrow notion of what physiotherapy is. 
But boy, in the last three decades, has that changed? Yeah, and even in the last few years, oncology, oh, men's health, precisely. HIV, AIDS, palliative care. care. Yeah. Precisely. So it's ever changing the landscape, and I would say never be worried because you know people. I think you could probably have nine lives in physiotherapy. You could reinvent yourself every few years and do something different. You know. Next question is from Anne Gibbs, who's a uh, exercise works, and Anne is a is a very uh, strong advocate for the role of physiotherapy and for the role of exercise as, as medicine. And Anne Anne's question really is, yeah, you know, what's the vision in WCPT uh, for a kind of developing education, CPD sport leadership opportunities in the area of exercise and chronic disease management? Well, you know, in a way, um, it's it's a great question, and um, I think probably what we need to do is we do need to wait and hear back from the full cycle of the strategic planning exercise because, you know, some of the things that WCPT it's very important that WCPT doesn't reinvent the wheel. So in some ways, what we need to do is we need to actually understand if that's something that's very key for um, member organisations to see WCPT doing, and. Um, WCPT has an advocacy role, it is a, an awareness raising role and you know it provides a lot of resources already in terms of helping physiotherapists around um, understanding the role of physiotherapy across the lifespan in terms of exercise and exercise um, prescription. It very clearly signals the role of physiotherapy in its policy uh, and position statements and guidelines. So I would say, could you come back to me in about a year's time with that And question? she will. <laughs> and I know she will. Um, but I guess, you know, just I suppose if I could offer a personal perspective, which is that every time as a physiotherapist, we get an opportunity to highlight the role of physiotherapy in promoting physical activity, in promoting participation in exercise, in enabling, enabling and empowering our patients and our clients to be involved and to be more physically active and to take exercise and to come up with solutions for them that work for them, then the better off we are. And I would say, if we don't seize every opportunity to do that, um, then we are not positioning ourselves um, to demonstrate the power that physiotherapists have in this, in this domain. Um, and you may have seen that sort of slightly crazy example that we, that we used at the WHO consultation yes. where we got the groups exercising. Yeah. Now that was because we were driven by the fact that we were sitting for so long. But every opportunity, we should be taking every opportunity. Every meeting we're at, if, if we go to meetings where people are, are stationary and not active, we should be suggesting very gently, let's get a bit more active. And in Singapore at seven in the morning, we did five minutes of yoga. Yes, we did. We did, absolutely. I mean, one of the curious things that I'm throwing out here as well, and it would be interesting to get some feedback on this is, what about if WCPT created a set of meeting guidelines? Guidelines for other organizations. Here's what WCPT recommends you might incorporate into your program planning to keep people active. Wouldn't that be a brilliant yeah. way of positioning physiotherapists as being people who can guide program planners around conferences? And um, you know, working with maybe some key partners to, to develop that and produce this as a kind of a way of then physiotherapists in their country bringing these to meetings and saying, would you think about using this when you're planning your, your conference? Yeah, it's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. So let's just see where that might take us. Next question is from uh, Joanne Millius, who we both yes. know. And Joe is based in Perth in Western Australia. And Joe is doing amazing work in trying to really raise the profile of men's health physiotherapy. Uh, particularly in, in the, the area of prostatectomy. Uh, and, and Joe's question is really, is that now that physiotherapy has really gone global 
and there's a real big global community. Uh, what do you believe are the growth areas of our profession? Interesting. Yes, and you know, I'm going to have to pause for that. But certainly, well, obviously, the one that Joe is involved in is men's health, and we're sitting here, and it's the month of November, and of course, you know, it's a great opportunity to highlight men's health. And um, that's so. That's definitely an area where physiotherapists can take a lead. I also would, um, and I guess you see that. Of course, it depends on where you're sitting in the world when you answer that question. That's true. So you know, in 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 health uh, services that are well developed, uh, but perhaps creaking under the strain of. Um, re, you know, resource issues. Then the, the the areas of growth are you know you see we've seen them. Are, we mentioned them earlier on. Men's health, um, the role of physiotherapy, uh, working with people who are living with HIV and AIDS, um, the role of physiotherapy in palliative care. Those are real areas of of growth and development. But of course, if you're living in a different part of the world, then maybe it might be the growth areas that we simply just need to get enough physiotherapists on the ground to deal with the the issues that many physiotherapists in many parts of the world just take for granted. So in other words, just simply having enough physiotherapists to provide services in the areas that are well-established areas. For right, so it's very much region, so, region specific. Very much so. But you know, I suppose just those are areas of growth. I think what's really interesting is um, a, a fantastic, I think ways of providing educational opportunities that are culturally specific. So I'm thinking of one particular project where the learning and the lessons around perhaps physiotherapy and rehabilitation for people living with HIV and AIDS, um, thinking of a great project by Steph Nixon and Esther and Kando, who's on our board, um, and, and, and Steph pitched for this um, at the auditor's desk at the Canadian Physiotherapy Association, was about developing educational resources from the learnings um, in, in Canada um, and then creating appropriate educational resources for physiotherapists in um, in, uh, in the south uh, of Africa in sub-Saharan Africa where you know around helping people uh, helping physiotherapists have educational opportunities to learn about rehabilitation and working with people living with HIV and AIDS so loads of fabulous um, global collaboration around key areas of development um, but I'm always conscious that I bring the answer to that question from the perspective of where I live and work, and that that is yeah. very different depending on where you yeah. live and work, you know. Uh, the, thank you for that. The next question is Anthony. No, Anthony is a, a, a physio, kind of pelvic, pelvic health physio who, who's based in Sydney in Australia. And Anthony and his colleague Laurie Former, who is another really esteemed pelvic physio in, in Australia. So they've put together this brilliant free resource of women's health podcasts which is free taxes and anthony has two questions his first question is have you listened to any of his podcasts the answer is no i have and they're brilliant great yeah. and you know the and they're is, free taxes there's amazing resources out there and people often signal them to me and you know time is not on well my yeah side. we don't expect you to, we don't expect you to listen to everything <laughs> uh, anthony's second question is and he also had to say congratulations on your election is uh, you know what direction would you like to see physiotherapy go globally and I know it's a very general question that you've sort of answered probably a bit already yeah and I'm in a way I suppose in some ways why is my opinion important um, you know WCPT is about its member organizations WCPT is about individual physiotherapists and that's why we're doing this really wide consultation on the strategic plan so I'm very reluctant I suppose in some ways to give a personal opinion because I have the privilege of being the president of WCPT but that doesn't mean I have the you know, I'm the oracle when it comes to where should physiotherapy should be going globally. I'd far prefer to come back to answer that question, perhaps when we do another podcast, where I can 
answer it by saying, this is the view of the global physiotherapy community yeah. about where physiotherapy should be going globally. So could we could we come back to that? Brilliant. It's not that I'm not answering it. It's just that I don't actually think... The next thing is he wants you to do a podcast for him. <laughs> They're very good at it, actually. I'm happy to do that. Uh, this is a really interesting one. And I think it's one that, that you will bring a lot of your personal experience to. It's, it's by... Um, the question is from Nadal Signal, who's a clinician in New Zealand. And his question is really, is, is given the explosion of interest in rehab technology like apps, wearable technology, uh, is, you know, what is the role of physiotherapy in, in the development of that rehabilitation technology centre? And I know you've had a lot of input into Beats Medical with Kira Clancy, and I know you've done a lot of this in mm. some of your work in mm. Trinity. Mm -hmm. So, and it's a really exciting area for us as physios. It's fantastic. And you know, I was involved in three research projects uh, working with computer scientists and engineers um, that were funded by the EU um, quite some time ago. Um, and physiotherapy has a key role. And if you look at it, um, Jared, one of the, the key opportunities was that uh, availability and widespread use of personal technologies as being a key opportunity when we in response to the first poll uh, in the survey. So, so I guess the question is, first of all, there's a variety of different ways in which physiotherapists can be involved. Physiotherapists can be involved day to day by thinking uh, about that response in the poll and saying, how am I optimizing the use of technology working with my patients and my clients? What technologies are they using and how can I engage with them in the use of that, those technologies, perhaps to improve or motivate them to be more uh, active or to even just use the data that's gathered and incorporate that into my my interventions and my treatment planning and my advice and my management. So every physiotherapist probably should be asking themselves the question, well, what technology is my patient or my client using? Whether it's small kids using the Wii or whether it's, yeah. you know, adults uh, with their iPhones and all the various smart devices that people have. So that's one thing. Every day we probably should be saying to ourselves, how are we incorporating that? Because let's face it, we're all glued to our devices. More seriously, in, in, and, and, and you know, I guess in terms of the development of these technologies, if you look at people like Kira Clancy and Avril Copeland, they have said, we are entrepreneurs and we will use technology in, in, we would be dr the drivers of the development of these apps because we understand the, the need uh, working with, with, with in Kira's case, working with people with Parkinson's, in Avril's case, working in, you know, people in, in the communities, you know, trying to be more physically active. We will drive the development of these. We won't necessarily do the development, but we will be the ones who will inform the development. And I'm, I'm giving you some examples um, because there are Irish examples, and I'm, yeah. I'm, they're the ones that I'm familiar with. And if any worries, yeah, um, I've just written down. Yeah, Aoife's absolutely. Name. So, you know, again, Ireland does seem to be a real hub for yeah, that. Yeah, you know, and in a way, I suppose that is something that Ireland is selling itself as, as a hub yeah. for technology development. But look, there are fabulous, fabulous uh, other entrepreneurs out there, and um, there's a uh, Go Baby Go is another amazing application for um, technology and um, Gary is a PT. And if you just look up Go Baby Go, what he did was he took his technology research um, you know, to do with sensors and, um, and he's applied it to uh, a, a way of creating, um, transforming off the shelf little cars um, for kids with mobility problems. So kids right. with cerebral palsy Fantastic. and you know, one of these beautiful, um, um, uh, one of the, the beauty about this is the generosity. So Gary um, 
has provided the way of doing this. So in other words, you can buy an off-the-shelf car and actually um, make the adjustments to the car for your child. And if, as I say, if you look, it's just look up Go Baby yeah, Go. No, I'll definitely look and up. it's just fabulous. And again, that's another physiotherapist who said, um, you know, I have some interesting research that's going on in the technology space. Now, how can we actually offer this to change the lives of children? And you'd be blown away by the by the um, work. Um, it's um, it's actually, sorry, it's Cole Galloway. I'm sorry, I got his name wrong. Cole Galloway from the University of Delaware. And as I say, have a look at it. It's fabulous work. Um, and then I guess there are researchers, engineers and computer scientists who are only dying to have a physiotherapist work with them because they have all these amazing technology ideas and they want to sort of sense check what would be useful in the real world. And another colleague of mine who's doing fantastic work in UCD is a, a colleague called Brian Caulfield. And I know I'm giving the Irish examples, but they're the ones that are, you know, ones that I We know. are in Dublin, so it's a lot. So, but you know, so there's fabulous opportunity and it's out there to be taken. And if we don't take it, if we yeah. don't get involved, yeah. here's the thing. It's a missed opportunity, but somebody else will be in there. Yeah. I think we've time for one more question from the from the the wider audience, sure. uh, and that's from Elaine Miller, who's uh, based in Edinburgh. And Elaine uh, works in women's health, and Elaine has done a lot of really important work to really promote the role of women's health physiotherapy and men's health physiotherapy um, to the big public groups like the Midwifery Council, the National Childcare Trust in the UK, the Colorectal Surgeon. So Elaine does a lot of really promotional work for, for the role of physiotherapy and Elaine's, Elaine's uh, question really fits in with what you've said about being important to WCPTs is what what do you feel is the kind of role of social media in terms of networking CPD kind of moving forwards it's it's a great question and thanks Elaine and you know Elaine has done amazing work and I think we can learn a lot from the way in which Elaine has got the message out there. So Elaine, obviously, you know, does a huge amount of very serious physiotherapy work and advocating for the message. Um, but Elaine also uh, is involved in the... Is a professional comedian. She's a professional comedian. Yeah. So, you know, and she's... Who will be at the Fringe next year. That's right. And has, has had shows at the Fringe Festival in yeah. Edinburgh. So, you know, it's a classic example of um, how we can use all sorts of different media to get our message out there. But back to the question, which is around social media and networking. Look, I was at a talk a couple of weeks ago and Mary um, Ennis O'Connor was giving us the talk. And essentially, you know, her talk was about saying, if you're not on social media as a health professional, it's just crazy because it's a huge opportunity missed. And um, in a way, I think what her, her message was that it's really not an option anymore. You know that for for us it's it's very important that we use it as a way to um, educate our patients and um, provide you know remembering that as a health professional on social media you are when you post about something it comes with a weight associated with it so when we talk about social media and social media use as a professional we have to be aware that it does come with responsibilities but it comes with a great opportunity so if you retweet about a paper in a particular area where you're an expert, whether it's men's health, women's health, working with children, older people, spinal cord injury, the, the people following you and the people reading it will, will, will sit up and look at that. So it's a way of educating um, our patients and our clients groups, providing them with resources, 
highlighting the role of physiotherapy, but creating fabulous networks um, and global networks. And I think what's been really interesting for me in understanding and being involved in social media is the fact that it's, it's the hierarchies fall away. There's a huge generosity. Yeah, people are quite keen supportive and sharing. Absolutely. I'd also like to thank all the other people who submitted questions because we did have probably about 35 questions, which was a, wow. a huge response. So apologies that we haven't covered them all, but thank you for those people. Uh, just another few things. Emma. You, you're really seen as someone who's very keen to support students and new graduates. And an example of this is Helen Owens is, is a recent graduate from Coventry University. And Helen does a lot of work with we AHPs and she does a lot on social media. And I met Helen last week and she was speaking at an event with me. And she said that she had seen you in, in the CSP conference in Liverpool. And she knew who you were, obviously. And she felt that because she had tweeted to you, she could go and say hello to you. And she did go and say hello to you. Where she felt, and I would agree with this, is that in the past, it, it was quite difficult to really get close to people like you or people who are maybe on the exec of some of these organizations. Mm -hmm. So I think it's been great at breaking down these hierarchies. Absolutely, I think so. Uh, and, and why do you feel it's important to really get behind our students? Well, I think, well, look, they're the future of our profession. So I, look, I was re I've been really lucky over my professional career. I have had fabulous people who have helped me when I was a student, when I was an early career physiotherapist. And even now, always now, you know, um, People are generous with their help and their advice and I have had fabulous role models. And so for me, this is about giving back because people have been so good to me and it's about acknowledging that generosity and saying, if I can do anything to help, I certainly will. Um, I gave a talk to the student, the Clinical Therapies uh, Society in Trinity during the week that was OTPT, Speech and Language Therapy and Radiation Therapy students. And, you know, what a fantastic opportunity to show the At We H AHPs video, right. highlight the, the role of At We H AHPs for that group, because they're all working together already as, as students. Yeah. And that's fantastic in terms of creating uh, ways of understanding the other professions that we work with. But the students are, you know, in 25 years time, they're going to be the people who are in the positions that we're in now. And giving them the excitement and the enthusiasm to be involved right from the word go, to be members of their professional organisations, to be volunteers in their professional community, to find the thing that they love, to stay excited about physiotherapy and to, to be the next generation of leaders. To me, that's, we have to, our responsibility is to create the next gener generation of leaders so that our profession stays strong and not just because you know, for the sake of the profession, but but as Karen Middleton said in her founders lecture, because if our profession is strong is not strong, then think about all of the people who will have missed out um, of the opportunity of having physiotherapy and how transformative. It's a good way of looking at it, and it really is the only way of looking at it because we're not here for us; we're here for the the the, the patients and the clients and the communities and the people that we serve day in and day out. And and your message to physiotherapists when when you uh spoken at wcpt and when when you spoke i think recently at the iscp conference in crow park is that you you know you re you encourage physios to be responsible courageous imaginative and just tell us where that's come from so um that was gifted to me by the swedish physiotherapy association and uh the president of the Swedish Physiotherapy Association was speaking at our Futures Forum at the Congress, and he said he comes from 
the hometown um, where Astrid Lindgren was born, who's the author of the books Pippi Longstocking. And he said at that meeting that physiotherapy needed to be more like Pippi Longstocking. We needed to be courageous, imaginative and responsible. And then after I was elected as the president, um, Stefan and Helena, who's the vice president of the Swedish Association, gave me a Pippi Longstocking doll and the wishes that I would be responsible, courageous and imaginative in my presidency of WCPT. And it was the most um, wonderful gift to be given, uh, to be given those wishes and to, to then carry them with me. And at the closing ceremony, I, I brought that up because I felt that this was something that should signal the next four years of WCPT and not just me as the president, but us as a board. And so everything that I that that we do now is informed in many ways by those wishes and to be responsible, courageous and imaginative and, you know, to be a bit more like Pippi Longstocking, to be a bit quirky as well, if you want to be and to be yourself and to draw strength from being yourself, whatever that self is. Um, so the message that, that I'm definitely taking forward and I wish to physiotherapists and in fact to the students just that I was speaking to this week was, you know, for the profession to be strong and to be leading and to be, to be future oriented, we do need to be imaginative. We do need to be courageous, courageous, but also we need to be responsible. We need to be responsible with the resources that we have and we need to be responsible from a professional perspective to the people that we engage with um, in, 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 you know, come to seek our services. So I just, it was a fabulous message and it resonated with, uh, in so many ways uh, with me. Um, and I also think it doesn't, it allows us to set aside the fears that we may have, the fears that we may have about not getting it right, the fears that we may, we may have about um, about failure, because if you, if you do look to the future and you are courageous and you are imaginative and you do hold tight to being responsible you know you're not going to get it right all the time but that's okay too and it's about reframing that and saying I'm going to be strong enough and courageous enough to say well what did I learn from that and how can I move forward and so yeah it was a great message and um, I think it's one that's going to stay with me on this journey but also on the journey uh, wherever it takes me after I'm no longer the president of WCPT. Brilliant. And kind of my final question is, you do a lot of traveling, you know, even in the last six months, you've been, to, you know, you've presented keynotes all over the world. You attend WCPT board meetings. You're the president of WCPT. You have a full time academic job in Trinity. You sit in loads of boards. What do you do outside of work to relax and get away from work? How do you kind of keep that balance? Because we're here on a Saturday morning, a glorious <laughs> we're here on a Saturday Saturday morning. and you're and you're here in, in, in the clinic doing doing a podcast with me. So how do you how do you kind of get away from all of this? What, so, what do you enjoy to do? So look, I well, I love spending time with my family and my friends, and I and I am very careful about that. It might not seem very apparent, uh, but I mean the fact that my mum and dad and my partner John were in Singapore with me is is a very strong. Uh, I think the indication of how you know how hugely important they are to me. Um, I'm very lucky. I have a fabulous group of colleagues, wonderful PhD students and, and uh, undergraduate students who are incredibly generous um, in support of my work as the WCPT president. And I want to acknowledge that. What do I do to relax? I love reading. I listen to the radio. I exercise. Yeah, you exercise a lot. Yeah, you know, I exercise. Um, and at the weekends, you know, um, John and I are very careful of sort of you know, closing off the email at the weekends and, and going off to an art gallery or shutting you know, down the dinner. Twitter. You see, Twitter is fun. And in a way, you know, actually, I don't, the work life 
balanced thing works for me and I think yeah. it's an individual choice and you know I I definitely have boundaries where I say I'm going on my holidays but coming back to what I said earlier on in the podcast if you do something you love yes and you, you and know yes I would agree with you there yes it, it becomes know, less like there are artificial boundaries work. but I have priorities um you know, I try and see my nieces at least once a week. They're five and they're three. Before I know it, they'll be 15 and 13. So, you know, I, I just really try and structure in time to spend with them, my friends, my sister, my family. And, you know, they're hugely important to me. And I really try and make sure that I don't just say that, but I actually make sure that I have time to spend with them. And it's quality time with them. And I'd like to say huge thanks for, for spending that, that time doing the MECP podcast. It's been a real privilege for me to spend spend the morning with you and, and thank you. And I really look forward to hearing you speak at iFund um, next July in, in Glasgow. And I would also like to really extend my thanks to Maeve Whelan and her colleagues, uh, Mary and Helen, for giving us the clinic this morning here in, in Milltown in Dublin. Uh, and I know they're good friends of yours as well. Thank you for them. And... Uh, would you like to say anything before we finish? Well, look, I'd really like to thank you for you and the MACP for the opportunity of doing this podcast. And again, reiterate my thanks to um, the, the to the Milton Physiotherapy Clinic and to, to um, the girls, um, for Mary and Helen and May, for allowing us. This is my uh, go-to practice. So I've uh, been sitting in this room as a patient rather than uh, doing a podcast previously. And I'm, I'm always thankful for the opportunity of um, celebrating WCPT. It's a fabulous organisation. So... Um, We've got lots of exciting things happening. So just thanks for taking the time, Jared, to do this. Really appreciate it. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you.